Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, I love the Christmas story. I don't know what you read at your family Christmas story-wise. We'll go through it um, more on Christmas Eve, but Luke 2 is kind of the common one that we all typically read. We're going to pull a few things out of there. We'll look at Isaiah. Isaiah is the Old Testament prophecy or one of them. And the the Bible is just full of um, amazing things about this season that we celebrate. He is Emmanuel. It is God coming to earth. And we love that he's with us and he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he lives on forever in each and every one of us. Uh, We love all the things. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, especially in that song that Callie sang so beautifully, the word uh, Prince of Peace. He's all that. This morning, I want to talk about the Prince of Peace. And I really felt compelled to do that this morning because it seems like this time of the year, it... We, we sing songs and we get Christmas cards and we watch things on TV and I love watching all the things. It, it's not necessarily the most wonderful time of the year for everybody, however. Not to like, focus on a negative because that's not what we're doing. But the things we read on the cards and the songs that we sing, we don't necessarily experience in our life, but we should and we could. Because Jesus is all that wrapped up in that one person, Jesus. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, Messiah, Emmanuel, Savior, and he is the Prince of Peace. Especially in today's world, you can just turn on the news and see this world is not at peace at all. And can I just give you a, a, a word here? It never will be. That's just the way it is. In fact, it stopped being at peace the moment that fall in the garden. And all of a sudden, uh, everything changed. And from that moment on till Jesus comes again, there is no longer peace on earth. And we sing that song and Charlie Brown says peace on earth. And that's actually not necessarily how the scripture words, the scripture words it. Let's take a look what it really says here in Luke 2. If I told you, did I tell you to go to Luke 2? I don't know if I did, so yeah, Luke 2. Okay, we'll go there, Luke 2. Here's what it says, uh, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now we will typically say peace on earth and you'll see cards and sing songs, you'll see all kinds of things, you'll hear Charlie Brown, peace on earth. But you know, that's a misquote, and really it's on earth peace, which means you can be in the midst of a chaotic, unpeaceful world and still have peace, amen? That no matter what's going on in our heart and our life, what we're experiencing personally or collectively or corporately or whatever that looks like, that you can still have peace on whom his favor rests, really refers to those who have Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are chosen of the Lord, you are part of his family, you're no longer of this world. You're in this world, but not of this world. You have the favor of God on you. And so you can be in in an unpeaceful world, but still be a person at peace. What a great promise that is. And so I don't know about you, but this Christmas in particular, I'm celebrating the peace that Jesus brought to my life, even though chaos rules and reigns around about me. And I celebrate the Savior, the, 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 the Emmanuel God with us. But listen, let's celebrate who he is when it says he is the Prince of Peace. Now, when we look at this uh, idea of the Prince of Peace and what it means to you and I, there's a lot of things and conclusions that we can draw, but understand that for everyone that has Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have access to a peace that passes understanding, the Bible says. And so you should be walking, a byproduct of a person uh, with Jesus as Lord and Savior should be peace, peace in your life. But you know, when I ask people how, how's life, what's going on in life, I very rarely or probably never ever hear my life is at perfect peace. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't ever really hear that. But really for you and I, peace should be a byproduct of our relationship with Christ. But if that is a promise of the Father and it is because of who he is, then there's a disconnect somewhere. Then where are we missing it? Where, where are we missing out on this peace that's promised you and I because Jesus is the Prince of Peace? How do we experience really the gift of God's peace. 
and in the world that we live in today. And I want you to understand this. There is really uh, the goal of really why Jesus came to the world was not to make earth peaceful, but while earth was not peaceful, you could still have peace. Understand that, that while the earth was not peaceful, you could still have peace. And actually, uh, it is uh, part of a byproduct of a, of a life with him. It is a gift that he paid for. I mean, we talk about giving gifts. You, you understand one of the greatest gifts ever given to mankind, the Savior and the peace that comes. He's worked very, very hard for your peace. He paid a very, very high price for that gift. He wrapped it up in himself and he delivered it to all of mankind. And John 14, 27, Living Bible says this, in fact, I am leaving with you a gift. And here's what he says, peace of mind and heart. How many of you are to make a, a Christmas gift list right now? That should be at the top of your list. Oh my gosh, save all the money, save your money, forget, I don't need anything else. I'd like some peace of mind here. And honestly, that is something that we would treasure. But it is something promised of the Father through the gift of Jesus. Here's the gift he gives, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't fragile, implying that the peace of this world is. There's really two kinds of peace. There's the peace he brings that's not fragile. That is that passes the understanding. And there's the peace that the world brings, which is fragile, which is subject to the things that happen in our life, which changes constantly. The problem is we mix them up. We really only think there's one kind of peace and we're trying to get the world's peace in line with what we think should happen. And can I say this again? That is impossible because you cannot control circumstances and you cannot control the people round about you. As long as you are on this earth and there are people, there'll be peace beyond your natural control. But what we think with our natural mind is if we can just get things in order and lined up the way we want or we hope or we think, there'll be peace and that is a lie. There will never, ever be. Peace that we want, long for, desire really only comes through the person of Jesus. And it is the peace that is possible no matter if the things of the earth does not line up with your thinking or hope or prayers or not. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away, amen? It's given only by and through Jesus. So don't try and make this fragile, tenuous peace that the world gives, which is subject to whims, opinions, and circumstances. Try and line up, because you will be sadly uh, not at peace. The world gives that kind of peace. So don't be troubled or afraid. There is another way. There is a better way. There is a gift given of peace. Peace of God through Jesus now, Jesus says, I'm leaving with you something very special, so don't mix the two up. His peace is different. In fact, he is the Prince of Peace. So let's start by looking at the prophecy given 700 years ago concerning this time and this season. And uh, it was the prophet Isaiah, in fact, who shared this. Let's take a look at Isaiah 9. Let's see what he has to say here. 700 years before the birth of Christ, it was prophesied by Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what's the last one? Prince of Peace. He shall be called Prince of Peace. Now that word, phrase, Prince of Peace, is a powerful one that I don't know that we completely understand it. So let me explain it to you for just a moment. In the Hebrew, the word Prince of Peace is two words, and it is Sar Shalom. Let me spell it for you, Sar, S-A-R, Sar. And Sar literally means the one in charge, the Lord, general, chief. And this word is more than just royalty. When we think of prince, we think of like Prince Charming or whatever. This is literally more than royalty. It means the one in charge of, the one in charge of peace. In fact, the word Sar is where the word Tsar came from, C-Z-A-R. You'll see that if you study in particular Russian history. Uh, it's the word where Caesar came from, meaning leader. 
or authority or general or chief. And so then the other word is shalom, which maybe we're familiar with. It's a Jewish greeting, and it means rest, tranquility, wholesome, completeness, or contentment. So you put it together, sar shalom, prince of peace. It literally means he is the Lord of rest. Come on, do you know he, became, he came to the earth to be the Lord of rest? He didn't come just to be your savior, and we're thankful for that. Make no mistake about it. But he came to be the chief of tranquility. He came to be the leader of contentment. That's the gift given us. I don't know that we understand it or celebrate it enough, but it's what we probably all long for. But it is who he is. Sar Shalom, the chief of rest. He is the Lord of rest. He's the one in charge of contentment. He is all that. And Jesus is peace. Listen, it's not something he has. It is something he is. Jesus is peace and peace is, come on, you did a little bit better in first service. Jesus is peace and peace is, now some of us will say if I said Jesus is peace and peace is fleeting, (laughs) Jesus is peace and peace is not here right now in my life, but the reality is Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus, so if I'm going to teach a message on peace this morning, I'm teaching a message on Jesus because they are the one and the same. He is Sar Shalom. He's the Messiah, yes, and he has come to bring you peace and contentment and tranquility. In a chaotic, unpeaceful world, his people should be marked by peace. It is a byproduct of who he is in our hearts and lives. It's the gift that he's given. We saw that already. We'll see that again. There is times is where we miss it, however, because I want you to understand the more of him you have, the more of it you have. The more of Jesus you have, the more peace you have. And really, again, that's our struggle because seemingly we want peace without, can I just not get peace without more of Jesus? No, no, you can't. And, you know, and just, we're not talking about, we'll talk about it in a moment, just about being a savior. We're talking about the Lord of your life. You can't have real peace without having a real Jesus. Real peace is a byproduct of a real Jesus. Remember this saying, I'll put it on the screen for you, you all recognize it. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. It is true. I thought it was, I used to think it was just a cute kind of clever saying, I wish I had thought of it and sold all those bumper stickers, but I did. But the reality is it's true. You know Jesus, you'll know peace or one and the same. If there is no Jesus in your life, then there is no peace. It is an impossibility. Then you are left to the fleeting, momentary, fragile peace this world has to offer. Let me give you four verses that support this idea that Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus. John 14, 27, don't take my word, take his word for it. Peace I leave with you, my peace. Jesus saying, my peace, who I am, I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Not let your hearts be troubled, do not let them be afraid. It's different than the world, it comes from me. Romans 5, 1 says this, therefore, since we have been justified through faith or because of our belief in God, we have peace that comes because of our belief in God with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our belief in God positions us for the peace that he brings through Jesus. Psalms 4, 8 says this, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone give me this kind of peace. You alone give me this kind of rest. It won't be found in anywhere else but you alone. Psalms 29, 11 says this, the Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Why? Because it is he, it is who he is. It is what he gives to someone. 
It's who he is to someone. Let's look at how to experience the peace then, the peace that he is. If he is peace, Jesus is peace, peace is Jesus. How do we experience that? Let's start with Ephesians 2, 13 to 14. Let's take a look at this, Ephesians 2. How do we experience the peace that he is then in our life? And here's what it says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away before you knew Jesus, but now you've come to him in Christ Jesus, but you are brought near by the blood, salvation, for he himself is our peace, meaning the only way to the peace that is Christ or God or Jesus is through a relationship with him. For all those who know Jesus and been brought close by his blood, the salvation, the receiving of the work of the cross, you have access to the peace that he is. And that's the only way to it, by the way. The scripture tells us that. He himself is our peace. Now listen, I want you to hear this. It is impossible impossible for you to have peace without connecting genuinely, authentically, intentionally, purposely through a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way. And if you're trying any other way, you will be disappointed and you will be without peace. He is peace. So you cannot have it without connecting to him in a very powerful way. Now, when you talk about peace, and I talk to people about peace all the time, I have those discussions just in my office or passing, and it seems to be the struggle with many people, at times myself, but when you talk about peace, most people define peace as the absence of something, right? I mean, that's just it. In order to have peace, if, if we would have peace, I would have peace if I had the absence of conflict. Peace in my life would be the absence of conflict. There'd be peace in my marriage if I had the absence of strife. There'd be peace in my family if I had the absence of chaos or confusion. There'd be peace in my body if I had the absence of sickness. There'd be peace in my finances if there was the absence of lack. Typically, we would associate peace with the absence of something, but that is earthly, faulty thinking. Most people define peace as the absence of something, but the reality is peace is not the absence of something, but it's the presence of someone. Sar Shalom. It's not the absence of something, it is the presence of someone in our life. Peace is not the absence of something, but it is the presence of someone, and that someone is Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, the gift given by the Father, Jesus coming to earth. Now listen, in other words, if you want it, it's not as much about getting rid of something as it is taking on something. See, we spend so much time, energy, effort, resources trying to get rid of conflict, trying to get rid of strife, trying to get rid of those things. But in reality, if we'll spend that time, energy, effort, and focus getting closer to someone, meaning Sar Shalom, the byproduct or result will be a disconnect from those things that we're connected to. Amen? And so I just think sometimes it's just a mindset, a, a perception shift that we need to focus on the someone that we're to draw closer to instead of the something we're trying to get away from. It's about having more of him in your life. You need to know personally the Sar Shalom, and as you know him, peace becomes the byproduct of him in your life. So let me give you this. You don't pursue peace, you pursue him. Amen? Hey, Merry Christmas, that's my gift to you right now. If you'll get a revelation of that, life will change for you. You don't, pursue, you don't pursue something, you pursue him. You don't pursue peace even, you pursue him. The Sar Shalom. And the great thing about that is then you determine how much peace you walk in. Isn't that not the reality then? 
Therefore, the peace or lack thereof that we experience and walk in our life is not determined by circumstances or other people, your spouse, your boss, your neighbor, your enemy, whatever, the devil. It's not determined by that. It's determined by you. Because those things should not determine how much of him I have in my life. I determine that. That cannot be taken away from me. I can give it away. I hear people say this all the time. I want you to really understand this. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to help myself. People say this to me all the time. I'm just trying to find some peace. If I could only find some peace. Well, if we understand Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus, my Bible says, if you seek him, you will. If you seek him with all your. Oh, there we go. Okay. So if you're just trying to find some peace, basically you should be telling me that I'm just trying to find Jesus. Okay, guess what? If you look for him, he's found. If, now here's the, the, the disclaimer here, if you search for him with all your heart, really genuine, are you really trying to, are you really just trying to get out of a little chaos in life or are you really trying to connect with Sar Shalom? I mean, that's really what it amounts to. And understand that he knows your heart. But the promise is, with your heart, if you'll determine genuinely and authentically to find Jesus, you will find the peace that has escaped you because he is Sar Shalom and he is to be found. Amen. So the more of him we have, the more of peace he brings we have in our life. It is a byproduct. The more of him you have, the more of it you will have. And that's why if there's a storm going on all around you in life, you will be all right if Jesus is in your boat. That's why it doesn't say peace on earth. That's an impossibility. It says peace to those on earth in favor who, God, who God's favor rests. Let me give you three truths that will help bring you closer in this relationship with Sar Shalom, with peace, or peace with Jesus, rather, and peace will become a certainty or a byproduct. So if he is Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, you can't just know him to activate his peace. You have to, number one, get under the lordship of Jesus. You can't just know him. Churches are full. The world is full of people that know him, but it's different to know him and then call, it's different to call him savior and then to call him Lord. And you got to get under the covering. If I was to illustrate this, I'd have him build me a little covering that I could go stand under the covering under the lordship of Jesus. It'd be much like going out into a rainstorm with an umbrella. You're under the covering and there you're protected from the rain. It's the same idea. You're coming up under the lordship. In fact, several years ago, I was driving my car and there was a terrible storm and it began to hail. And so all of a sudden I saw it hit my car, heard it in my car, and I looked up and there was kind of this abandoned like gas station that had this, you know, big uh, overhang that the pumps were under. And I pulled up underneath there. I was under that covering and I sat out the storm. As long as I sat under that covering, the hail did not damage my car, but I saw cars driving by, just driving by, frantic drivers just looking at the dents, you know, on the car, adding up. But I was up under the covering. You get what I'm saying? When you're up under the covering, you're safe and protected there. Listen, we need to be under the covering of the Lordship of Jesus. We don't just call him Savior, we call him Lord. There's a difference. And that's sometimes, I think, where we miss it. Lordship means you are under the covering of. Most of us want this Savior, but not this Lord. Most of us want him as Savior, but we don't want him telling us what to do or how to live. I don't need a, I don't need, listen to me, I don't need a czar or Caesar. I don't need... A chief or anyone telling me what to do is typically how we function. We don't want that. We want a Sar Shalom, but understand there's a lordship issue then to come up under that covering. A lot of Christians call him Lord, but live under their own direction, under their own decisions, or under their own power and expect God to bless it. And people will say, he's my savior, 
but he's not doing anything in my life. He's my savior, but this isn't happening or this isn't happening. Let me say this. He's not going to do those things if you're not under his covering or of his lordship. If you just want him as savior, you'll get to heaven. But listen, he's got a lot of peace for you on the earth while you're still here in this unpeaceful world. But he has to be your Lord. You have to come up underneath his covering. Let me say it this way. It's no different than my children. If my children want the blessing of their father, they'll come up under my authority and under my covering. They know what it means to be a Duncan. They know what it means and how to act and how to behave. And as long as they're acting and behaving that way up under my covering, guess what? This earthly father is going to bless them. They won't even have to ask me for stuff. I just appreciate that. I love you. Thank you for that. I just want to bless you with this. I know what you need. You don't have to ask me for it. I'm going to take care of you. How different is that than our expectation we have of our heavenly father? We want to shower his blessing, protection, everything, but not, we don't want to be up under his lordship or authority. It's not any different. We expect that from our children and we'll respond the same. It's the same way with our heavenly father expectation for you and I. Yeah, you can save and go to heaven, but listen, there's a whole lot of earth to be lived and I want to live it in peace and not in chaos. Many came to provide that. And it really, it should be a byproduct that marks the life of a Christ follower. The savior will get you to heaven, but the Lord will get you peace for earth. See, people want the package he brings without the relationship being in the right place. And we all know this, again, the illustration of the kids. Well, so you hear this, understand this, and, and I'm not trying to be hard, I'm trying to give you hope. We'll switch, switch it just a little bit in a second. But listen, well, can I come to church and repent and, and enter in and ask God to forgive me and all this and that stuff and then go live how I want outside of here? No. No. Well, can I, can I yell at my spouse and my kids and then read my Bible and be okay? No. No. Because that's outside of the Lordship. You get that, right? That's outside of the Lordship. Yeah, you can get to heaven, but listen, there's a whole lot of earth to be lived. And he, became, he came to be Sar Shalom for that time that you're still on the planet. Don't step out from underneath the Lordship of Jesus. Isaiah 32, 17 through 18 says this. You know the message God sent. Oops, the fruit of the righteousness will be peace. The fruit, your life should be of righteousness. We're not righteous in our own works. We're only righteous through the work of Jesus under his covering. So the fruit of one under the covering of Jesus will be peace. It's a byproduct. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Wow, that's good news. Listen to this. My people will live. Here's the result. In fact, here's a promise of those under the lordship of Jesus my people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, and in undisturbed places of rest. Man, I, I want me some of that promise. You promise, Lord? You promise? Absolutely. Come up underneath my covering. It's yours. Why? Because I'm Sar Shalom. I came to be the chief giver of peace, tranquility, rest, contentment in life. The fruit of those who come up under his lordship will be peace. Let me give you another truth that we need to connect with Sar Shalom, bring peace into our life. Bring Jesus into every situation. Bring Jesus into every situation in life. Let me say it this way. If you don't have peace in your finances, bring Jesus into your finances. I know people are anti-tithing, anti-this. Listen, it's all in the scripture. You can differ with me on that. But nonetheless, if you need some peace in your finances, bring Jesus into your finances. Get it in line with the word. If you need peace in your marriage, bring Jesus into your marriage. If you need peace peace in your family, bring Jesus into how you parent your kids, how you manage your household. What you watch on your TV, what you listen to, what you talk about, what you let your kids do. If you need peace in your job, bring Jesus into your job and work as under the Lord. Bring honor and respect. 
Bring him to the football game, bring him to the soccer field, bring him to the grocery store, especially during Christmas. My goodness, we need to bring Jesus to Christmas shopping, don't we? <laughs> I left Jesus at home and I didn't realize it until some lady tried to take my parking space. I'm like, oh. Realized Jesus was not in my car and she was not gonna get my space, all right? You can't compartmentalize Jesus. You can't. You can't live one way in here and the other way out there. Don't just bring Jesus into your Sunday life. Bring him into your everyday life. In fact, reality is it's more important. And let's say it this way. I don't know if it's that right way to say it. It's really more noticeable out there. I mean, I know we come in here with our problems, issues, challenges, and that's great. This is a great place to come. You need to. But we can lay him at the altar, cast our care upon him, enter into praise and worship, come to a place of repentance, open our heart up to receive the word of God. But listen, we got to walk it out out there. You need to bring him in everyday life, every situation. Don't just compartmentalize him to a Sunday, Wednesday, Jesus. Bring him into every day. Listen, we cannot be culture, cultural Christians. I believe cultural Christianity believes that there are two kinds of life, a normal life, if you will, and a spiritual life. And they're used for different things. I think that's cultural Christianity. My spiritual life's my private, personal life and only used in appropriate places. My normal life is my everyday life. But the day you make them both just life, where you take your normal everyday life and your spiritual life and you just make them life is the day you experience the peace of Sar Shalom. There are not two kinds of lives. There is just life. And how you live it, bring Jesus into every day is important. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. The Lord of peace give you peace at all times, every day, everywhere, all circumstances, and in every way, the Lord be with you all. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, then listen to these words, noble, right, pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, characteristics of Jesus, Christ-likeness, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, listen to this phrase, put into practice, do them. And the God, the result will be of bringing him into your everyday life. The result will be the God of peace will be with you. I'm just trying to help you this Christmas. Bring Jesus out of your Sunday experience and into the rest of your days. And let me set up this last point. I said I had three truths. Got one more for you. Let me set up this last one this way. I don't know if you know this, but there are 31,103 scriptures in the Bible. If you don't believe me, go home and count them. <laughs> 31,103 scriptures in the Bible. So that's an odd number. So if you were to take a bunch of scriptures and then find the middle, there's one scripture and then a bunch more. So you have a bunch of scriptures, one scripture, which is middle, and then a bunch more. That's how we get 15,551 verses, then one verse, then 15,551. Are you getting the picture? So you have one scripture in the middle. So here's the verse in the middle of the Bible. Here is the center of God's word. Let me read it for you. Isaiah 26.3 says this, you will keep him in perfect what? Peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isn't it interesting that the very centerpiece scripture of the Bible, the very middle of the Bible, is a scripture that says that you will be kept in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. I don't think that's coincidental. I think that's intentional. God is Sar Shalom. 
But the key and point number three is this. Keep your mind on Jesus. Keep your mind on him. Because the promise of the Father is for those who keep their mind on him, he brings perfect peace. That is the promise of the Father. Think about him. Talk about him. Talk about him. Every conversation is an opportunity to bring Jesus in. Love on him. Tell him. Worship him. Sing about him. Just make up songs. Sing about him. Sing about him. Make him up. No one cares. He loves it. Brag about him constantly. And you will, according to the scripture, experience the perfect peace that God can bring. Amen? Why? Because he saw shalom. Here's my prayer for you in closing. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you all, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen. Amen. That's the prayer. That's the promise that we hold on to. Listen, we celebrate a lot of things this season as Christian. Yes, he is the reason for the season. Yes, he's Savior, he's Emmanuel, but he is Sar Shalom. He has come to an unpeaceful world to bring those whose favor of God rests on them peace. And for all of you that have called Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, peace should be a byproduct of your life. But there are some things that we need to engage in to do to make him Lord of our lives, to bring him into every situation, and to make sure that we keep our mind on him. And the promise of the Father is that perfect peace will be yours. In the midst of an unpeaceful, chaotic world, you and I can walk in the perfect peace that passes all understanding because Sar Shalom has come to earth. Amen? He is a good and faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.